MoneyWeb now on the money. Chatting with Jacques Conradi, uh, CEO of Peregrine Capital. Jacques, appreciate the times, early morning time on, on a Friday. You're, you're one of your, your, your hedge funds, which you started oh, 23 years ago, so that is uh, late 90s. It's way back. Uh, just clocked up a 100x return, so 1,000 Rand is now 100,000 Rand. I'm trying to do the percentages, but I think 100x is easier because percentages, we start to lose the, 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 the sense. Too many zeros in a sense. The question... What 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 is the, the the I suppose the DNA the consistency to to generate that level of return consistently and 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 do it over 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 two decades? Hi Simon, morning and thanks for having me having me on. Um, look, I think to do that to to achieve that over a long period, you've got to do kind of several things right. And I mean, a few of the key things is is having a business where I think staff's money is invested alongside client money. So where you have the fund managers and analysts being focused on growing their own wealth next to their clients. It's not just a job for them the way that they do for a monthly salary. They do this because they've got a passion about it and they love it and that they would be doing it regardless if it wasn't their job. And I guess we've had that where all the key fund managers have the majority of their money right there next to clients and that creates the alignment and that also keeps the hunger and the drive there for the entire period where it doesn't kind of fade when a certain level of assets or anything is reached. Um, look, the other thing is then doing really hard bottom-up work. So doing deep digging, finding things other people aren't finding. So rather than just talking to a company, you also talk to its customers, you talk to its competitors, you talk mm. to its suppliers, you talk to mid-level, low-level staff. You've color in the whole picture rather than the, just the standard thing of talking to the CEO. And then maybe the final piece is the emotional element where you have got to have a very firm grasp of your emotions. Markets are wild and markets swing around at times. And I think this year, the last month, few months is a great example. So just being able, realizing that part of the game in markets is an emotional one, keeping your head in times of panic like these or in times of like COVID where don't sell your shares at the low when the, when the scary news around, you actually got to be buying when you feel like selling. And when everything's good and everything's green and you feel like you just want to buy more, you actually have the, have to have the discipline to take some <laughs> off. So sometimes realizing you've got to do the opposite of what your emotional brain is telling you. And, and that's part of the big challenge, I imagine. And, and particularly over a 23-year period, we talk a, a 100x over the period, but there must have been some drawdown periods. There must have been some periods of, of, of underperformance or perhaps you know, little growth where sort of you know, grinding sideways. It, it's getting that long-term mindset and I can see how you and your team sort of get into that. I mean, it, it, it's part of you know, who you are and what you're doing. How do you get your clients to subscribe to that? Yeah, I think it's such such a key point you make there. I mean, I mean, we've we've had two sizable drawdowns. The two biggest ones were fifteen percent in the global financial crisis, and then during um, kind of mid month uh, two years ago, March during COVID, where we touched fifteen. I think we ended the month higher, so we, we didn't quite get there at a month end. Mm. Um, so, so it's. I guess firstly, as a team, it's realizing you still own the same companies. The market is just putting a different price to them. So if you are right on your stock picks, the fact that the market's suddenly valuing about 20 or 30% less, but are they going to deliver the same kind of earnings potential and dividends two or three years out? It's the same shares you own. They're going to come back. So just having the patience. Um, but then also, it, it's as, as you mentioned, it's vital for your clients to understand that because inevitably, if you're not a, doing this professionally, you are tempted to when you see a drawdown to want to get the money out, put them put in money market and wait for things to look greener. But but making clients realize then when everything looks okay, by definition, markets will be 20 or 30% higher. They're only as cheap <laughs> as they are because things are not looking okay. So you, you can never have it both ways where things are fine and shares are cheap. 
Um, so, so trying to communicate that, and I, th- I guess the longer relation, the longer term relationship we've had with clients, and the longer they've been with you, and the, the more you've done for them, the easier it is for them to to understand that. And I guess some of our longer standing clients would often add money in, in these in these down periods, realizing these are actually the best times to be adding to a portfolio. Now, th- this might be hard for the normal client to do, but that's that's effectively what one to try to do is to actually add on these periods of panic and, and not panic and, and withdraw. Yeah, it's that emotional resilience you mentioned a moment ago, almost going against what your brain says. Markets are falling, your brain says get the heck out, but the right thing's actually to to jump in. You, you've touched on your, your investment process in terms of, and I like the idea, it's not just the business, it's it's talk to the competitors, it's go and speak to some of the, the middle managers and, and, and customers to get that sort of holistic picture uh, in a sense. You've got some examples, I mean, particularly at the moment. I mean, we're, we're in, you know, and I hate the word, but it's true, unprecedented times, first pandemic in 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 a hundred years now we've got war in europe uh threats of of, of inflation that, that 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 process some examples perhaps directly relating to what we're seeing right now okay yeah i think i think there's an interesting one and it's one of our major holdings in the fund right now and it's a business um, called Tungela coal it's anglo-americans coal asset that that was unbundled um uh, mm. middle last year effectively with, with the esg pressures in angler so that company at listing is probably one of the, the best opportunities we, we've had in a long period of time because initially at the time what we knew is that a lot of investors would just be forced selling this for esg reasons to say there's no reason where i can there's no circumstance where i can have coal in my portfolio so typically it's always a good thing to be buying from four sellers because they haven't done the work they're just selling this for some other reason um, so at that stage, and obviously you've got a new listing here, so you haven't got the data. So at that stage, we spent a lot of time speaking with a company. We spoke with all their competitors, um, we, even the global ones, other, other coal producers. We did a lot of work on Transnet because your main risk is there is getting the coal rail to the port. So we had to have like several calls with Transnet Rail, with the Transnet Port Authorities to, to get an understanding of the quality um, of the line and the pressure there would be on the line because it's obviously an SOE that's been somewhat poorly maintained. And did a whole lot of work. And I think this thing came out at 25, um, 25 yeah. rand. And, and like, like, it's just crazy. You have a coal company that's up six times, like nine months later. But e- even now what we're doing is, uh, so the reason we've held on here is obviously with, with the pressure um, on the energy market because of Russia, we actually think this, this share is probably the single best hedge on the JSE to a continuing war. Because the longer this war continues, the tighter the global energy markets, the coal market, the oil market, the, um, the natural gas market becomes, which leads to structurally higher prices. But even there, we've continued to do the work. So we've spoken with literally Chinese and, and Indian coal consumers are some of the largest importers. So checking that box, realizing the low stockpiles you have on Chinese and Indian mines, meaning that they can't sit and wait for prices to come down. If you've got low stockpile on, on your um, low stockpile at your power station with four or five days of coal left, you, you just got to be buying even at high prices. You can't sit it out for a month and wait. So coloring the picture like that, I guess talking to Glencore, that's the largest seaborne producer now, understanding the dynamics there. Is there any way the world can ramp supply of coal? No, you can't. You've got to build new rail and ports. You can't just open a little bit of mining. Um, so, so just almost coloring that picture gives you the confidence to say, even if something's up a lot, you, you can be holding on and, and, and there's potentially significant upside still to come. Yeah, it's a great example of, of, of that counterintuitive, which is you know, everyone's like, oh, no, we're going for, you know, we're going green by 2050, but we've got to get to that green. A, a quick last question, uh, 100x, great return. I, I'm imagining that you and your team aren't, aren't massively focused on, on the 100x. It's a great achievement, uh, but there's more goals that you're pushing for uh, into the future. 
Yeah, I mean, that, that's 100% right. I think once your return for the previous year is done, like you and investors just move on to, to what's next. So mm. so it's nice to have there, and I, I think it's nice to have the achievement, but but really all our time is spent in the portfolio right now, making sure we keep executing on this consistent process because really nothing's changed in the 23 years. We still do things like we did them um, 20 years ago. So keeping that consistent process and having the right balance in your team of, People with experience that's been there for a long time, Dave Fraser, our founder still with the business, but also having kind of young and hungry talent to keep driving it forward and, and making sure we find great new ideas to add to the portfolio. So so our goal is next up getting to the 200x and hopefully mm-hmm. in my time we can we can still get to 500 or 1,000 potentially if, if we keep succeeding. We'll leave it there. That's Jacques Conradi, uh, CEO of Peregrine Capital. 100x return, 23 years. Yeah, 23 years is a chunky time, but 100x is a chunky number. Appreciate the early morning time. We all have different investment needs. Some of us want to preserve our money for retirement and others to create wealth for the next generation. At Stanlip, we have a team of investment specialists that can help you achieve any investment goal. So whether your money is looking for more certainty, more return, or more impact through your investments, we have a solution for your investment needs, no matter the time horizon. Join us over the next few months as we provide insights into the solutions we offer to meet your money needs. To find out more, visit stanlip.com or speak to your financial advisor. Stanlip Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. License number 719. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Some Friday thoughts. Um, Viv Governor saying, that, will the Fed blink again? And, and, and that's the trick. They, last time they did blink. But there's a real, there's a real risk here to, to, to the, the, the broader economy and, and markets. And 0.25% increase in the US you know, takes rates to half a percent. That, that is still historically ridiculously low. But let's roll it forward and let's say US rates get to 2%. And of course, that's not the rate of necessarily a credit card or a home loan. Uh, that's kind of the repo. So it will be more for the individual Americans. But what we are going to be seeing as these rates tick up, even if only to a 2% level, is less disposable income. American, America is a massively indebted nation um, in the household level, and the, the cost of that interest is going to hurt. And you know, then throw into it uh, energy, food inflation running as well. And I think that is perhaps, uh, the Fed is thinking about it, but you know, their job is to, to manage this. But it is going to take some of that cash out of the, the U.S. economy. It's cash that's going to go into energy, into food, uh, into debt. And that does put some strain. Does it mean a recession? Not necessarily. But it certainly does take some, some pressure into the economy. And remember, the last year we've had, we've pretty much had that helicopter money in the U.S. where they were just sending checks to people. It is a new paradigm that we are moving into in the years ahead.